0: All right, dads, I have an awesome guest to bring you guys for some Monday motivation. Michael Morelli is a dad who built such a strong social media presence that he used it to sell four companies for more than $25 million. He's also the author of The Sweet Potato Diet. He has got one of the best Instagram pages in the business. Like me, Michael had to overcome addiction and other obstacles on his way to success, which really made this an inspiring conversation for me. I hope it'll be one for you as well. So sit tight. Michael Morelli will be here with me in just a few minutes. So please stick around for the interview. Also, today's conversation between myself and Michael Morelli will be available on my YouTube channel. So if you want to watch today's conversation, consider hitting me with a subscribe over on YouTube. The link is available in the description of today's podcast episode. It'll take you right to the First Class Fatherhood YouTube channel. I have some exciting news to share with you guys. I am honored that First Class Fatherhood is a finalist for the Richard and Linda Iyer Family Is Award, which celebrates family-focused content. We were selected from hundreds of nominated parenting podcasts. There's going to be two awards given out for family-focused podcasts, one by the judges and one is a People's Choice Award. That's where you guys come in. I can use your help with a vote. There is a link in the description of today's podcast episode that'll take you straight to the voting page. You do not need to enter your email address or give any other information whatsoever, so please consider hitting me up with a vote if you can. On Wednesday, WWE Hall of Fame superstar Adam Copeland, better known by his ring name Edge, will be stopping by. Adam currently stars in Vikings on the History Channel. And this Friday, I'm going to be hitting you guys with the first Frogman Friday edition of First Class Fatherhood in 2020. Micah Fink will be joining me here from Montana. All right, so let's go, dads. As always, thank you so much for listening. If you are new to the podcast, I highly encourage you to go back through the archives and check out all the amazing dads that have joined me here on the show, including... Dana White, Tony Hawk, Jordan Belfort, Deion Sanders, and so many others. And if you could, please help me share this podcast with every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list. Let them know about the show that celebrates fatherhood and family life. Fatherhood rocks, family values rule, and every day is Father's Day. Right here with me, and I'm going to be right back with Michael Morelli. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. Hey dads, are you looking to boost your energy level? Strikeforce Energy has got you covered. With a Strike Force Energy packet, you can turn any beverage into an energy drink. Their original energy packets contain no sugar, no calories, just an explosion of energy and flavor added to any beverage. Strikeforce Energy is veteran-owned and all their products are made right here in the United States. Co-founded by Navy SEAL Sean Mattson, Strike Force Energy blows away the energy drink competition. Right now, first class fatherhood listeners can save off their purchase by visiting strikeforceenergy.com and using the promo code fatherhood. Strikeforce energy turns any beverage into an energy drink. Get yours today. Strikeforceenergy.com, promo code fatherhood. Uh, Joining me now, a first class father, Michael Morelli. Welcome to first class fatherhood.
1: Thanks, man. I really appreciate you. Um, I appreciate being on the show. I'm humbled to be here, and thank you again for being so patient with me.
0: You got it. It's an honor to have you here. Let's start it like this. How many kids do you have, and how old are they?
1: Oh, yeah. All right, so I've got a five-year-old, a five-year-old boy. Uh, His name is Carmelo, and I've got a seven-year-old girl. Her name is Karina, Karina Marie.
0: Wow, very cool. You got them uh, involved in any kind of sports or activities yet, or...?
1: We play, so we play basketball outside. I'm fortunate enough to have a tennis court and a basketball hoop out here. And, uh, so we play basketball is what we've started with.
0: Okay. Very cool. All right, Mike, if you could just take a minute, please to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do.
1: Yeah. So gosh, um, I love to be super vulnerable here, guys. So, you know, for me, Uh, I'm going to take you back to 18. I'm going to summarize this, you guys, but I'm going to take you back to about 18 years old when I first tried ecstasy. I tried ecstasy and that led to cocaine and opioids and alcohol and porn, manipulating women um, all the way until I was about 30 years old. So, you know, 12, almost 13 years there, uh, where four nights out of the week, I was was high on something. And, uh, you know, I was, I realized now that I was running from the pain and that's how I was masking pain i was numb to to that and so you know some really really dark days and some dark time i was you know taking welbutrin and fluoxetine for depression at one point there was a time when i couldn't get out of bed without it if i go back seven years and this is just perfect i was so excited to be here with you today because if i go back the pivotal moment for me was learning that i was going to be a father so back at 31 years old Um, I grew a business to about $5 million in revenue. We had 30 employees. I personally guaranteed a bunch of mall leases because I had no credit at the time. And I went bankrupt because no one was coming to our stores anymore. So I was going bankrupt. I was going through a divorce with my previous wife. Um, I was addicted to drugs. I mean, it was a dark, dark time. And I had had to move back with my mom at 31 years old. So that's really where I'm going to start sharing um, is at 31 years old you know when people counted me out i'm 31 i'm back at his mom people were laughing at me right and i remember getting the call and this was the the woman who i'm now with who i was having an affair on my ex-wife she called me and she said um i'm pregnant and of course like any guy's reaction like, you're what you're what like at the time it was like no like no like not this on top of All of the shit that was going on at the time. But I realized, right, it was a blessing in disguise. It was sent by God or the universe or whatever you believe in. It was sent down to save me because that was the pivotal moment. That was the thing that said, Michael, you got to get your shit together so that you're just you're not some deadbeat dad like you're unhealthy. you I was at the time I was 25% plus body fat. I was 185 pounds when I should have been 150. Now, granted, I put on some muscle now and I'll share a little bit about that later, but I, I, I was overweight. I, I remember, <laughs> I remember carrying two bags of groceries up two flights of stairs. I got to the top of it and I was like winded and out of breath. I mean, it was bad. And so I hated myself in the mirror. You know, I, I was, you know, in, in a terrible state. And then that was the thing that's like, all right, Michael, it almost came out and like shook the shit out of me. Like, okay, dude, like life is about to start for real now. Yeah.
0: And I'll tell you what, Mike, I'm a, I'm a recovering alcoholic and an addict myself. So uh, I understand what you're talking about with that. And a lot of people ask me too, what was the turning point? And you know what? It it didn't even stop for me. Even when I had kids and everything, there, there was times where I was able to quit for periods of time and keep relapsing and going back. I remember uh, the first time I had, like I said, I have four kids, and when my oldest was in pre-K, I remember walking him to the school and, uh, you know, dropping him off. And I remember I had morning alcohol in me, and I did. I was trying to avoid being away from the parents so that they couldn't smell me. And I was wow. thinking, and I, I, on the walk back to my apartment, I was like man, I, I'm going to be doing this for like, you know, in the next 18 years hiding from everybody. So I, I had stopped at that point uh, for three years right after that moment. So it was, it's things like that, that motivate you to quit.
1: And you know what? And, and I want to share the last seven years because that will really sort of bring some context to what I think we're going to talk about you and the fact that you were hiding it, you weren't really hiding it. Your your son is picking up on those habits through mirror neurons, right? There's something called mirror neurons, and we think our kids aren't watching, but they're watching. And even if they're not watching, they're picking up on those. And so you were downloading that, whether it was subconsciously or consciously, you were downloading that destructive behavior to your child, not even knowing it, because you think, right, in those moments that you're actually hiding it, but you're not. You know, so kudos to you, man. I know what it's like to beat addiction. It is fierce. It is challenging. Probably the hardest thing I ever did. You know, cocaine had had a hold on me. I loved it. And even if I think about it now, you know, I I I think about those 10 years or 12 years or whatever it was and total destruction. I had fun, I learned, and here we are, right? And I I I love sharing that because I think through our vulnerability, Alec, this call and, and what you're doing to bring fathers to the forefront, we're we're healing through this process. Right, it's like when we have these conversations, we're healing more, and and I think that's really the important thing. I just want to summarize really quickly for the listeners the last seven years of my life. So I drew a line in the sand, Alec. After feeling like total dog shit and and understanding and learning that I was going to be a father, I drew a line in the sand. And over 113 days through the internet and just sifting through information and piecing it together, I lost about 27 pounds. So I went from 100 and 80 and change down to 147 and I saw my abs for the first time in my life like that was the thing like it was like oh my gosh I can actually do this right and so from that point on over the period of the next six months I went and I got six different certifications in the health and wellness space two of them that I got are actually from Arizona actually came to Arizona from which is why I got a taste of this which is why I'm here fast forward I start posting on YouTube. My very first video was posted six and a half years ago. You should see it. It's crazy. It's it's still on YouTube. It's youtube.com forward slash Merely Fit. I mean, a nine-minute video for a three-minute workout. Nerves, crazy. But I posted it, and I stayed consistent. And through that consistency, I wrote a best-selling book called The Sweet Potato Diet. We've sold over 300,000 uh, programs in the wellness space collectively, products, programs. We've got four brands. We're helping Hundreds of thousands of people a year, if not millions, through a lot of just our regular content. Not even people who have committed and become clients. So here we are, and now as a result of of this growing, this healing, my kids, I'm able to come on podcasts like this and share the story. And it's just it's unbelievable, man.
0: Yeah, it's very inspirational, Michael. And you know what it is too? It's, it's a it's almost that case where you say if I can do it, you can do it, and that's what's so inspiring about
1: it, you know. 100%. And I believe that. Like, I believe that. I'm the poor little depressed boy seven years ago who didn't think he could, just like a lot of people who don't think they can. And if I can do it, I'm not special. I didn't come down with any superpowers. Like, I just did the work because of something pivotal that happened in my life.
0: Yeah. Well said. And, and you know, I, I interview a, quite a lot of Navy SEALs on my show. And, and one of the things they always say is you got to get comfortable being uncomfortable. And trying to get sober is one of the most uncomfortable things you, I've ever experienced in my life. And another one of those things that make you uncomfortable is becoming a father, because when you become a father for the first time, it places you in all these uncomfortable situations that you never imagined yourself doing. So um, what, how did becoming a dad change? Obviously, with the um, sobriety or something, how did becoming a father kind of change your perspective on life?
1: Well, I understood what my parents went through. <laughs> I think I think we all do that, right? Um, I mean, my son is a spitting image of me, except except smarter than I ever ever was at five years old. I mean, the kid is putting together Legos. He's five years old. He's putting together fifteen hundred uh, piece Legos that are meant for twelve year olds. Like the dude is like ridiculous. And and so I mean, just seeing that evolution process and understanding that I get to contribute every step of the way and that he's going to become what I download in a sense. I mean, our kids spend more time with us than, than, than anyone. And we were blessed. My fiance, we were blessed to, to, to be able to be there with them. She doesn't work. Um, I shouldn't say she doesn't work. She works a lot. She takes care of the kids when I'm doing this kind of stuff. Um, You know, and and even now we're getting ready. They went to a a couple of different schools. We tested it out. We always had in the back of our mind that we we were going to homeschool. So we're getting ready to pull them out. I'm bringing a teacher in and we're going to homeschool our kids. And so I think that the biggest thing for me is that they're so moldable, so impressionable, and they download everything. You know, I, I give you an example of something that we're downloading right now. Every single night we do affirmations. And, uh, you know, it's like three or four sentences. And here's what I said. I said, the first person, I didn't say the first person, I said, when you memorize this, I said, we're going to go on a journey to memorize these affirmations. And we do it as a family before bed every single day. And I said, when you memorize this, dad's going to give you an allowance of a hundred bucks. It's going to take us time. Now my son wants to memorize it in one day. He's like, give it to me. I want to memorize it. I said, bro, I haven't memorized it yet. I said, we will memorize it together. And when we do, I'm going to give you a hundred bucks and I'm going to give Korean a hundred bucks. So that's what we're doing right now as a family.
0: Yeah, that's incredible, Mike. And you know, I, I do similar things with my kids now. And you know what? I believe in affirmations as well, but I I think it was Jim Rohn that said affirmations without discipline is the beginning of delusion. So it's always, you know, following it with some action and trying to give my kids that example. And you know what? My kids, they teach me a lot about myself. One of the greatest things about parenting for me is that it reveals so much about who I am because my four kids, they couldn't be more different than one another. So they each teach me a little bit something different about myself. And that's what's fun about the whole experience, really.
1: I I agree. I think they're here, you know, if we allow them to, they'll teach us presence, right? Dad, 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 (laughs) stop doing what you're doing, man. Dad, dad, be here with me. Don't get out of your phone, man. Right? So that's like like, if you are aware of that, they will force you to be present. And I'm telling you, the more present you are in your day, the greater life is because that's where the real joy is it's it's being present it's being the moment and it's being grateful and showing that gratitude so that your kids again can download that because man the world is challenging and social media and pop culture and politics i mean pretty soon if you don't download those beliefs they're distracted and they're going off on tangents and at that point it's hard to get them back
0: Yeah. And that even goes into like before, you know, I was one of those guys that tried to change everything else other than myself. Like I wanted to change the world, change this, change that. And I didn't even have a hold on what I was doing in my own life. So I think a lot of people fall victim to that. I certainly did. Uh, And one of the things I wanted to ask you is that I know that, um, my oldest is 13 right now. So he's starting high school next year. You said you're homeschooling your kids. One of the things I like to ask a lot of the entrepreneurs that I get on the show is about college. I know you're, you dropped out of college, I believe. Um, and I see so many kids, I drive Uber on the weekends, I listen to their stories about how they're buried in debt, they're majoring in these things like philosophy and marine biology, whatever it may be, and uh, they don't seem to have any plan or goal or focus with the degree. In your opinion, is, is college necessary to succeed in today's world?
1: Is college necessary? I was hoping we would go down this rabbit hole. Um, so yeah, I dropped out with nine credits. I have nine credits left in a double major in marketing, um, and human resources with a minor in econ. So I did the thing. I cheated more than I probably learned. And I didn't learn a lot. The one class though, I say, I always say this when I, when I get that asked this question, the one class I would have I would have paid attention to are in was the Excel, like learning Excel. That would be a skill that I could have found very useful on this entrepreneur journey. So let's talk about school. Um, Oh, I, I, I think, it's, I mean, in a nutshell, and I, and I don't think it's wrong for everyone. I think if you have a passion to be a doctor or to to, to go to law school, there's a, be an engineer, right? I, I think there are things, right, when we take a look at those sort of goals that school makes sense for. Outside of that, I think it's bullshit. I, I You know, like... They're not teaching the stuff that we need to be learning for 2020. They're teaching stuff that we needed to learn in 1970 and 80, and it hasn't changed. And that's the problem. And instead of taking a look at the curic- curic- curriculum and 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 changing how we learn, we're putting more teachers in. Uh, you know, I, there's 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 ways to there's ways to teach people. And and I think the first things first things first is we got to start teaching things that matter.
0: Dads, are you tired of taking supplements that never deliver? Well, Redcon One was created to ensure that you get real hardcore products that deliver real results. Trusted by four-time world's strongest man Brian Shaw and founded by supplement entrepreneur Aaron Singerman, Redcon One is crushing the industry. You have to try their MRE bars, which are packed full of nutritious food sources that will replenish your system when you need it most. And they taste so good, your toddler will think they're eating a candy bar. But we're talking whole food meal replacement. And right now, First Class Fatherhood listeners can save 20% on their entire order from Redcon 1. Simply use the promo code FATHER at the checkout. So let's go, dads. For the highest state of readiness, choose Redcon 1. Visit Redcon1.com, use the promo code FATHER, and save 20%. Yeah. And, you know, what's great about the, the time that we live in now with it, I know that technology has many downsides. That, that goes without saying. But one of the greatest things about the technology is to be able to follow people online such as yourself. I mean, other uh, entrepreneurs that are out there. Gary Vee, obviously, uh, you know, I, so many other guys that I've had on the show, like Ed Milet, uh, Bedros Cooley and these kind of guys. They put out content and, and it's so you can learn so much more from that that can make an impact on your life immediately starting today rather than sitting in a class and, like you said, learning these things and these tactics that are just outdated and really of no, no benefit to anybody.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're teaching you to be middle class. Like, like that's just what it is. Do You want to be middle class, middle class, mediocre. Like, call it whatever, call it what you want. I'm not saying that there's not some people that are in the middle class that don't love what they do. God bless them. At the end of the day, the goal is to be happy. But the fact that we're forced and, and sort of, you know, uh, force fed college and go get a degree and that's the only way you're going to be something is total bullshit. And if you look at college debt, I mean, that's that's our number one moneymaker, you know, like what would the government do without that? What, what would the government do without sick people? It's like they own the hospitals, they own the school, they own the food supply, they own you. And until you start to take a look at that and say, gosh, I've got to pull away from these things, I've got to get off of the grid, you're going to be stuck in, in, in mediocre middle land
0: yeah there's a better way and let me rein it back into you as a father here mike what type of what type of disciplinarian are you as a dad you a spanker timeout guy how do you handle discipline
1: so rarely will i put my hands on my kids i will do i've got this this backhand tap pat ass pat tap pat that i that i that my son gets my daughter rarely gets it but my son he is he's unbelievable i out of all the deals I've ever negotiated in my life, he's the deal every single day that breaks me. Like he's the one. I would never would have thought, like being an entrepreneur, that the most challenging negotiation in the history of evolution—my evolution—is my son, my five-year-old son. So no, I don't. I don't put my hands. Um, I don't put my hands on my on my kids. Uh, rarely, like I said, just a, a a back slap on the butt. Um, we have code words. We've gotten really aware. And when they're misbehaving, I said, "Okay, guys, look, this isn't working. I've said it this many times. Okay, so what what can I do? I let them tell me what I can do that they will then respond to. And so we've got code words and things that we use. And if I use them, they know that dad's serious and they usually, for the most part, uh, start stop acting up.
0: Yeah, very well said. And yeah. And you know what? I, I learned a lot about persistence from my kids, too, because if they ask for something like they want a cotton candy and I tell them, no, a half an hour later, it's all stuck to their face. You know, they they are persistent for sure.
1: Yeah. What did you, you know? I uh, my dad. You know, it's just, it's just the times are different. I, I'm going to assume. Are you are you Sicilian or Italian?
0: Uh, I'm Irish, Irish and Irish. German.
1: Gotcha. Um, my dad beat the shit out of me. Oh, <laughs> you know 100%, what I mean? 100 percent. 100 percent my mom had the spoon my dad had the belt like you fucked up once you know what i mean like and that that was it like you got you got cracked
0: yeah you know what was different for me my father had me when he was 50 years old both of my parents passed away before i became a father myself but my father had me when he was 50 he was born in 1930 he grew up in the 30s and it was like he came from a whole different world of parenting than even my friends growing up grew up with so he was a lot different in his handling of the discipline, of course, than I am as a dad. And I think that's one of the things, too, is it gets a little softer, I think, with each generation of discipline. Because it's like I look at it sometimes. I'll slap. I stop doing that, like spanking my kids when they get to a certain age. I believe at a certain point it's really useless when you can actually have a conversation and communicate with the kids. There's better ways. But when I would spank my, my kids, I would immediately feel this sense of guilt and be like, man, I don't know. how. And it's like, I never saw that from my dad. Like I was like, man, how could he do that? Without feeling that
1: sense of guilt that
0: I get, so it yeah. definitely softens as the generations go on here.
1: Yeah, my dad, after after one crack, he'd take the belt, he'd slap it together. You want more, boy? <laughs> that was enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now another
0: thing, like- that, uh, another thing that you know, our parents didn't have to really deal with was this technology, and it's it's an issue for all of us parents out here right now. And one of the biggest problems for me is is I'm I'm not practicing what I preach a lot of times because since I started the podcast here, I'm constantly on the phone and I'm telling them. Don't be on the technology. So how do you kind of handle, I mean, I know they're young yet, but how do you handle all the technology, iPads, all the stuff with your kids?
1: That's a great question. So they get the privilege of using their screen 30 minutes in the morning and 30 minutes in the afternoon, in the a.m. and the p.m. And they can earn, after that, they can earn more screen time up to an hour, hour and a half on each side. So we limit it really two hours is really the maximum that you're, you're going to get on any given day. It's normally around 60 to 90 minutes and they earn it and we know how they're going to act after it. We know that it's, and we also set timers, right? So we say, it's not like, oh, we leave, you know, oh, in 90 minutes, I'll come back. No, there's a timer. There's awareness around the time. And it's like, okay, we've gotten to the point now where like, okay, you've gotten it when we're done, when the timer goes off, just go put it up now. Okay. Your time is up. And it's it's really good as we've done it that way. Um, you know, at the end of the day, like you said, you called yourself out, you called me out, and you called millions of parents out. We don't want our kids to be on the phone, but what's the the reality of it is we're 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 stuck on our phones. So if you want your kids to put down the phone, pay some attention to them.
0: Yeah, it, it's it's so much harder to, to to you know walk the walk with this deal with this technology. It really is, and because
1: our it, business. Is- our businesses live on it.
0: Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And, and getting back to what you do here with fitness and stuff, uh, a lot of dads, especially the new dads that get out there, they, they find this struggle with staying in shape. A lot of the dad bods go out there and, you know, people will have uh, trouble fitting it into their new routine as they're adapting to this new change. So what kind of recommendations do you have out there for the dads to kind of uh, or a simple routine or something that they can, you know, stay fit or at least maintain uh, body weight as they transition into being a dad?
1: I get this question a lot, and oftentimes people hate me when I answer because I simplify it. Right? I mean, here's the thing: our egos get control of this thing, and we think we got to go to the gym for 60 to 90 minutes and bang and clang and hurt our back and squat press, you know, 6,000 pounds. That's not the reality. I'm 38, you know, and and this is the year. My goals, my wellness goals for 2020, are to maintain 8% body fat, and I do that through a whole foods diet. This is how I eat: the sweet potato diet. And I do that training a little bit. But my goals this year are recovery. You know, that's that's what I'm focused on at 38. I'm feeling my muscles are really, really tight. Things are changing. I'm not 31 anymore when I started this thing and I was doing CrossFit. And so I think we have to be mindful of where we're at. And I think that we have to take a step back and say, okay, my goal today is just to be better than I was yesterday. This is a journey. This is a process. If I take care of my health, If I take care of my health, I'm going to be around for a really long time. So let's not worry about making commitments that are 60 to 90 minutes long. Let's not worry about eating great 100% of the time. Let's just slowly start to develop habits so that we can sustain them. So – you know, squats and jumping jacks and push-ups and pull-ups and things for 10 or 15 minutes in the morning just to prime that metabolism is great. One green juice a day is great. I've got a product called Detox Organics. It's got 25 superfoods in it, and we sell a tremendous amount to dads who are not getting the nutrient density in their diet and who need more energy and better digestion. And so they drink that, and, and so it's it's just gradual changes And but but starting with something right starting with with something so so start something say I'm going to spend 10 minutes and I'm going to do these things say put it out there don't just say I'm going to be a little bit better today than I was yesterday because what's the barometer how are we measuring how are we going to look back your mind our memory they're terrible with all of the influx and inputs. So really just carve out what it is you're going to do, but start really, really small and just grow. The whole idea here is to just grow over time, develop new habits so that they become habitual and you can live a healthy, long life. Yeah,
0: good stuff, Michael. And we we did start the new year here. I know it's a lot for a lot of people. It's, uh, you know, New Year's resolutions and all that type of stuff. What kind of goals or plans do you have here for yourself for 2020?
1: So I set my goals in a few different ways, and I won't. Give you everything. But I'm very specific and very intentional with my goals. I've got relationship goals. In fact, one of my relationship goals is to be even uh, more present with my kids, get tired with my family, but work on my fear of abandonment so that I can get closer to my family because I know my fear of abandonment. Ha- I have a wall up because I'm afraid. And so I know that if I can work on that, I can get closer and be even more present with my family. So that's a relationship goal. I want to put some time into some uh, some of my guy relationships. I've got three or four really good guy best friends, and I want them to know that. And so I want to give them more time this year. So that's my relationships goals. Um, my personal goals and my materialistic material goals um, is to take a trip to Italy with the family. It's to buy a Lamborghini this year, and it's to hire a homeschool teacher. Um, our financial or our our business goals um, are are to break. Yeah, you know, I, I, again, I'm just being vulnerable here. I don't know what your uh, viewers typically hear, or what your you know you know your uh, your guests typically say, but our goal is 30 million dollars in annual sales on the business side, and we've got some very specific milestones and 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 a roadmap to get there, very intentional. And I think that's the message I'm trying to send here. So you know, in your in your goals. And I said this to my brother. He sent me back something because we were sharing goals. And I'm like, dude, your chances of, of of hitting those goals are like next to nothing, man. It's not prescript- uh, 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 specific enough. It's not measurable. It's not intentional. You're just tossing some fluff out there. How many years, guys, are we going to toss the fluff out there until we say, gosh, something's got to change. And it starts with the action plan because the action plan is the thing that we follow, right? If we don't have an action plan, just like when we go to a destination that we've never been, we plug it into Google Maps or Apple. Otherwise, what are we doing? We're driving in circles trying to find that place. And that's the same thing. We have to have a roadmap for life. And it starts with 2020. This is the start of the new decade. This is everything that happened before this. I mean, this is an opportunity to to regain control of our health, of our wealth, of our happiness, of our relationships. And I think if we become very intentional with what we do, and we set clear and specific goals on those pillars, that we're going to have the best year of our lives. That's the mission, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm down with that, Michael. I, I'm I'm on a passion project myself here of getting better at setting my goals, reaching higher. And then, like you say there with the action plan, like you can't build a house without a blueprint to follow. Right. So um, that, that's the, the very well said. And you know what? Last thing I want to hit you with here. I love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast. What type of advice do you have for the new father or for that about to be dad who's out there listening?
1: Hmm. That's a really, really, quite, uh, really good question. And I'm going to I'm going to start with this and it'll probably roll into something because when I get into flow, it just it just goes. But I think. Because we become a dad and we think. Right, we brought them into the world with the mom, of course, we feel almost subconsciously as superior. Instead of taking the I'm going to teach my son approach. Flip the script. Be vulnerable and say, I'm going to allow my son or my daughter to teach me. Allow them to teach you. Allow them to force you to get present, to be there, to see and feel and experience, actually experience the moments, not glimpses of them. And start to instill positive affirmations and habits in them by doing it for yourself. Because I will tell you this, guys, your kids are watching you, they're watching how you treat their mother, your wife, your partner. That example may be the most important example of their life. How their father treats their mother. Have respect for that woman. Don't talk down to that woman. Love that woman, be compassionate with that woman because your daughter and your son are learning a lot by that relationship. And I could go and I could talk and I could give a bunch more tips, but I think that's without question the thing that I would focus on if you're bringing another human into the world. It is your obligation to be your best every single day because that child deserves it.
0: Very well said. I love the message. This has been an honor for me. I got to say, Michael Morelli, you're a first class father all the way. And thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time on First Class Fatherhood.
1: Thank you so much, brother. Super pumped. I hope it resonates. I hope it helps. Thanks again.
0: to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to Michael Morelli for giving me a few minutes of his time here. It was so cool. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys, or drop me a DM on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's podcast episode. I always love to read your feedback. Also, if you wanted to watch today's interview, it is available on my YouTube channel. Link is in the description of today's podcast episode. Wednesday, WWE Superstar Hall of Fame wrestler Adam Edge Copeland stops by. And Friday, we got our first Frogman Friday edition of 2020. Retired Navy SEAL Micah Fink will be here with me. That's all I got for you guys today. I'm Alec Lace. Thank you for listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are first class fathers.